or should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time. So you got to let me know. Should I stay or should I go? All right, the class is going bye bye. Yeah. Like I said, the clash is going bye-bye. <laughs> and uh, so I'm sitting down here with um, Adele Curran, um, who is a love specialist. <laughs> I don't think I would call myself that. Okay, fine. A love philosopher. <laughs> Not that either, but fine. okay. Relation- but okay. All right. <laughs> anyway, Adele like, deals with, or not de- uh, yeah, like helps people through um, relationships um just romantic or i mean anything right that's a good question thank you well i mean really the focus is helping people who are struggling in a romantic relationship making the decision if they're gonna stay in it and make it work or if they're gonna leave it but i also work with people on all relationships because at the end of the day they're kind of all the the same it's all the same stuff it's all affairs of the heart yeah yeah, and, and the issues that pop up in one relationship, you tend to see in, in the other ones, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the clash, should I stay or should I go now, it's just, like, hap- coincidental, really? Like, that's is that your, like, slogan? Or, like, you say, I think you say it a lot on your Instagram, right? Should I stay yeah. or should I go? Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's my niche, really. I yeah. I. When I was deciding what my niche would be, I decided that I really wanted to help people come to this decision about whether they're going to stay yeah. in the relationship or leave it. So, should I stay or should I go is just kind of a easy, yeah, you know, way way to say that. It's funny that we're, we're trying to pick a song. I was like, this is what we're, which is what we should do because I because I sometimes hear, should I stay or should I go? Like when you when you do some of your posts and everything, mm-hmm. it's like mm, I think I've heard that song before. <laughs> yes. Know. But yep. like, but you're like 100 percent like correct. Like the, it's a crossroads, you know. It's a, it's a hard. It's like one of the hard. We were talking a little bit off air, but it's one of the harder questions to answer, um, because I don't know. People are complicated, right? I think it's for a lot of people the hardest question to answer, yeah. and and. It's hard even if they're just two people involved, but let's face it, they're never just two people involved because they're always friends or family or whatever, but particularly when they're children involved, it's incredibly hard for people. Right, 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 right. It's like, yeah. So um, you've been at it for a year and a half, you said? Yeah, a year and a half, two years. Yeah. I guess it depends on when you, you know, when I count the actual, the actual starting injunction. <laughs> right, right. But I think yeah. I, I finally narrowed down this as the niche I wanted to work on, I think two years ago, almost. Is there any other like people that do what you do? I mean, I'm sure there are. Um, Actually, not that I'm aware no. of. Not people who do this. You know, there, there are all kinds of divorce coaches and therapists. Therapists. Yeah. There Couples are- therapy. Yeah, but that's so different. Um, the closest I've seen to people doing what I do are like they're online people who call themselves divorce coaches. or um, And actually, right now, I was telling you earlier, I am um, 
In addition to the stay or go question, I'm getting certified in something called conscious uncoupling, which people heard about a few years ago when Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin divorced and everybody kind of laughed at it. But um, I'm getting certified in that now. And so what these coaches do is is quite similar to what I'm doing already, just with a different emphasis. So emphasis on a different syllable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How so? How's it different? How's it different? Well, I mean, the main difference is that as opposed to working with people who are just trying to make the decision with the conscious uncoupling, you're working with people who are already in the midst of Uh, a separation or divorce. Um, But the training I'm doing, it's very, um, there's like a methodology to it that's really specific. Whereas what I was doing before is more kind of free flowing and I'm Mm -hmm. doing my own thing. Mm so yeah, there's some differences. The, me- the, the methodology of um, talking with a pair that have already made the decision, right, to separate, um, is more like a science. There's more like a structure to it or something. Well, or it's not as free flowing as you say. As- yeah, but I think that's just more of because. So, so just to take it determined. take it back a little bit, yeah. um, the way that actually. You, I would. I'm going to be working with people who are already in the midst of separation or divorce, or with individuals, not with the couple. Mm-hmm. The cup. When you work with two people together, it just gets impossibly complicated. Right. So I, I don't intend to do that. Um, but there is a methodology to it, not really because there has to be, but just because of the the person who created this program um, came up with a very specific methodology. And you know, at some point, I'll take take it and run with it and do my own thing. But um, she has a very structured way of doing it, and that's you know that's how I'm learning how to do it. It's almost like the de- the decision's already been made. You know, saying so right. like, I'm going to go buy the Lego project, and here are the directions to how to put it together. You know, what I'm saying right. It's like, excuse me. It's um the 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 each part of the the couple you might, you're working with one of them, right? Right. Has already sort of all right. We're we're done. You know, so now I need the um structure manual um more or less to like help me fin- get through this and then also just like to ke- to keep going and to be happy like on their on your own yeah right? so it's less an instruction manual because really there's nothing you can tell anyone what's actually interesting about coaching and people always ask me oh what would you advise somebody in this situation and that's not how it works at all i mean real coaching is about um kind of guiding people through really specific questions so that they're realizing what they need to realize on mm-hmm. their own. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best form of learning. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like almost like stewarding or ferrying people to self-discovery. Yeah. And but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so the, the difference between like <clears throat> you said earlier, it's like free flowing, which would be like before this conscious uncoupling, mm-hmm. um, you still work with individuals or couples. Correct. Yeah. Individuals. I yeah. always work with individuals. Individuals. Yeah. But there's the, 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 uh, the, the end or like the, the relationship is still in flux. Right. Right. Now the relationship's kind of like, all right, it's been determined such that mm-hmm. this person. Winnie. No. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on my mom. Hey. Um, the relationship is already de- it's determined that like it's over. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's one variable that's taken care of. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to talk. I'm not trying to build as like a, a, a mathematical or totally science thing, but at least it's one variable that's controlled. Right. Does that make sense? That make sense? Yeah. I mean, it's still, um, I find people in this phase who have, are going through a breakup. It's, it's di- a lot of different, um, it's different emotionally, right? Like mm. people are feeling typically a lot of anger and a lot of hurt, um, but people who I see earlier on in the process when they're still trying to make the decision are in this state of confusion and flux yeah. and what do I do? And that's emotionally difficult in a whole different way. Yeah. Yeah. So you're ready for January? Is that when you start to launch it? Or well, yeah. So, you know, I'm already I'm already coaching people with the stay or go thing, but yeah. with the, the conscious uncoupling um, process, I'm – Going to be starting, yeah, in January, I will be um, taking on clients mm-hmm. for the first time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Punch it to get in line, people. Um, and you got to like get like a song that's not just Sarah Sarah Go. It's just like, go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> or some song. Like, maybe we can find Yeah, it there, should be, there should be a good song um, that we could find for that. It's like, like fun. Like the band. There's a band called Fun. There's a band, Fun. Uh, five, six years ago. They had some fun song. They live up to their name. Anyway, getting back on topic here. <laughs> it may or may not be fun for people, depend, yeah. depending. No, depending. no, but that, that, that's obviously that's the end for everyone. You know, whether someone is like, whether a couple is like, some a per, I should say a person is like, should I say or sure go? The the end is always like contentment slash happiness slash fun. You know, um, it right? can be. Yeah, that's what that's what everyone wants, or no? Well. You mean, yeah, that's what everybody wants at the end of the day. They want to be content. Everybody wants to be fulfilled and have great relationships and all of that. Yeah. Um, But, you know. That's where you come in. You try to get them to, whether it is to stay or go, okay, the end is like the person to sleep well and to wake up like, like charged or happy or just like good. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, because otherwise, I mean, I think I did some posts about this just this week. It's like when people um, it, when people leave in a negative state, whether that's anger or whatever, it doesn't really bode well for the future. And when yeah. people stay and because they feel like they have to and they're staying in a state of anger and misery, that doesn't bode well for the future either. So the goal is to getting people to a place of... Um, happiness and whatever you want to call it, peace, contentment, um, regardless of whether they stay or go. That's yeah. not really the, um, you know, people might come to me because they want to figure that out. But my my goal is to help them get to yeah. a place of of the, happiness. The, the steps that need to be taken, or I would I would um, recommend you taking in order to get to that place, right? I'm sorry. What? What? What's the, the question? <laughs> no, 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 no. To what you're saying, it's like the, yeah, like you're a consultant slash coach. It's like, mm-hmm. what do I need to do in order to get right. to a place of peace or contentment or whatever it might be? Right. Right. Um. Yeah, and and then it's like, should I? Maybe I'll stay. Maybe that'll lead there. Maybe I'll go. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll lead there. So it's mm-hmm. like it's like differentiating like which road to take which is a serious fork in the road you know 
And it's like one of the hardest things to do. And it's super challenging because basically what we're all doing when we're in that place is trying to project ourselves into the future and think, well, in a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, am I going to be happier with this person or without this person? And it's because we we can't project ourselves into the future. So it's really difficult when that's the way you're trying to make the decision. How do we, how do you, how do you do it then? How do you do it? You just trust your who you are now. You know, you trust who you are now. You trust your decision making in the past and say, like, things this will be okay in a year or five. Well, I mean, there's a specific way I go about it. I mean, I tell I know I said it's free flowing, but I have like certain sort of steps in my mind yeah. that I'm go- taking people through. Yeah. So, you know, the one thing that is important is helping people really um, hone in on what they want. Not what they don't want, but what they want. Yeah, um, It's helping people figure out why they got to the place they are. And that all has to do with, I mean, d- how deep do you want to go? It has to do with... Deep as possible. <laughs> it has to do with the way we are programmed starting from early childhood. Um, and what's programmed in all of our subconscious minds are a lot of fears and false beliefs. So um, it's kind of like this programming we all have in our minds. It's um, it's preventing us from actually hearing that that deeper sort of intuitive voice. The, the real, the real voice. The real voice. Yeah. So you know how when you say like I always knew deep down, or yeah. I know deep down, that deep down is the intuition. That's like that wise part of you. Yeah. But we're all programmed with messages from our culture, our you know our parents about what's what's the right thing to do and what's not the right thing to do and we're all programmed with all these fears about what might happen and so when all this stuff is going on in your mind it's impossible to actually hear that wiser part of you it's it's very it makes it quite difficult (laughs) yeah it does so part of what i do with people is do this um i'm also uh certified trained in something called rtt which stands for rapid transformational therapy and it's a type of hypnotherapy and what that's all about is um, helping people undo that old programming that's no longer serving them so that they can actually listen to that that deep knowing you know what i mean i know what you mean jelly bean (laughs) (laughs) no it's like all right how does that work i mean you don't have to you don't have to spill all your how does what work rtt rapid uh, mm-hmm. Transformational therapy. Yeah. Well, it's or, you know. Yeah. No, I'll try to give. I'll try to give it to you in a nutshell. Um, it it's a real. It's a long. So what RTT is? It's really designed to be a standalone session. And so some people certified in RTT only do that, but I just use it as like a tool in sort of the. I have it like as a tool in my toolkit. Yeah. So it's a long, deep session that's done. Um, it's considered to be a type of hypnosis, which I'd never done until I did this. But it's really just like a deep meditation. It just means you're relaxed, right? And so in this session, what we do is we go back to um, memories of why you know you might be having a particular issue you're having. And issues we're having all have to do with interpretations you've made about yourself and the world from the time you're a little kid. So we see clearly what those interpretations are. Mm-hmm. And I can give you some examples later if you want. And then we can change the interpretations or the beliefs during the session. 
so that they become beliefs you want to have. So, for example, I'm going to give you an example now because it's hard please, to talk about this just yeah, theoretically. Yeah. Let's say um, I'm going to go with a really easy one. Let's say that, and I'm going with a stereotype, okay, right? You're mm-hmm. a woman who's never worked, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason you're staying married is because at the end of the day, you're like, I can't support myself financially. That happens all the time. Even today, it happens all the time. So there's this, there's this belief in your mind, I don't have what it takes. I can't possibly support myself financially, so therefore I have to stay with this person. Now, realistically, that logically, it seems true because you've never really done it. But the real issue isn't that you're not capable. It's that you believe you're not capable. So we would go back and, you know, you would probably see scenes from your earlier life where your mother wasn't supporting herself and you always believed you can't support yourself. Um, And this is a really simplistic example, but we would go back and change that belief into, believe it or not, when you do this subconsciously, it works really quickly to like, I do have what it takes to support myself. And during, um, at the end of the session, there's like a 20 minute part where I make a recording um, where I'm helping people re you could call it reprogram your mind or instill new beliefs to be the ones that the client wants to hear. So for example, if a client wants to hear, I believe that I'm confident. I believe I'm capable. I believe that I can earn as much money as I want to earn stuff like that. I put it into a, a personalized recording and then I give them the recording and they listen to it, um, for a certain number of days. And then they start believing differently and when you change your beliefs, you can change your whole life. Yeah. 100%. So that's what happens. So it's like almost the rep- repetition, repetition, repetition. Right. And one of the one of the ways we learn, as you as we all know, that's why we practice multiplication tables yeah. is through repetition. Yeah. yeah. And it, and the language is really powerful, and it's very like visual. So there's all these different ways that help your brain like really. Um, remember uh, and take yeah. on the information. Have, it have an impact and last. Um, do you do the recording? I do. You got that good North Carolina voice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and my clients seem to really like the recordings. Like they're really impactful. How do you record it? Or how do I record it? I just yeah. I just use the like uh, the app that that um, came on my phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I record it and send it to them. And um, if you want, really simple. If you want like some more like noise canceling things. Mm-hmm. You, you I got, have it. I got it right here. <laughs> no, if you get like a, you might not already know this. If you have like an external sort of like microphone, you know, uh, you can get just like a, a simple headset that like records better quality than just, you know, uh-huh. that. you know, you have a good voice. That's a good, that's a good idea. And actually what I've done a few times is, um, and I just, this is so low tech, but I just go on my computer and you, I can find, um, uh, certain music or sounds mm-hmm. or beats mm-hmm. that help your brain go into the kind of state that you need mm-hmm. to be in, and or it's called the like you want you want your brain to be in what you call alpha brainwaves. Enya, alpha Enya might be good. I don't know. Enya's like you know Enya. I do know Enya, but um, I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna. I don't know if that does no, no, the but trick but or you not. You say you want alpha brainwaves. What does that yeah, mean? Yeah. So they're different. So they're different. Um, brain waves that we that we are in in any given day and so like your normal waking state is beta like we're in beta now we're talking we're back and forth relaxed 
yeah, we're, we're we're fairly relaxed, yeah. right? But if you were if you were stressed out, if I told you, hey, you have to take a test in two minutes, and you know it's going to determine the course of your future, you would be in what they call high beta, which is a stressed state. Alpha is that kind of state of mind where you're really relaxed, like maybe you're about to drift off to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's when your subconscious mind is wide open and you're able to change your beliefs. So, um, and then there are all these other different brain waves too that you go into just naturally through like a sleep wake cycle. Yeah. But you, um, in order to, <clears throat> to really make changes, it's best to be in an alpha brainwave state, or you could even be in theta, but which is a little deeper even. Theta is the, the, the third one? Theta is a deeper one. Yeah. But it's good to be an alpha if you want to make a change. Alpha or theta. But alpha is oh. just like if you think about just like if you're super relaxed, like when you're lying there at night and you're about to fall That's asleep. That's alpha but you're or not beta? That's alpha. Alpha. Okay. Beta is like now. Okay. It's Most of your waking life is beta. Okay. They say like the first like hour of consciousness is like your, your, the sharpest hour that your brain's going to be when you wake up from sleeping. Well, apparently, and and I you can't quote me on this because I don't even know what I'm talking about. But there, uh. it's the time when apparently like you know melatonin is the hormone that takes over at night, uh-huh. and then during the day you switch over to serotonin. That's what makes you feel awake. Okay. Yeah, but. In the morning, you're switching, you're switching over and you're, yeah, you're transitioning and your brain waves are transitioning. So that's why they say first thing in the morning is the best time to meditate or last thing in the evening before you go to sleep, because your brain is naturally going into that more meditative state. Mm-hmm. So like the in-between periods are significant. In-between periods. Like, like the, the, uh, the sleeping to oh, waking the transition. and the waking yeah. to, to sleeping. Yeah. 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 Because cool. I mean, if you're asleep, you can't. No, no, no. You're yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. anything. But, but, but no, no, no. But they're just like a special time. It's like when the when the fruit when the fruit is ripe. Yeah. From the vine, you know. Yeah. It's a small little period, especially like is it honeydew or cantaloupe? It's cantaloupe or no, it's honeydew. I don't the, know. The green one. Honeydew. Yeah. It's like it's hard to get that thing when it's perfect. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> true for most fruit, right? Yeah. Honeydew. I'm mean, I have a hard time with it. Um. <laughs> But like, yeah, there are special like times of of day or phases that you're in. You know, you're saying, in which it's like it's really advantageous t- for, you know, so, for so. for deep or or like even regular meditation. Like, yeah. not necessarily doing this hip hypnotherapy thing. I do, yeah. but for deep meditation, like I follow this guy um, Joe Dispenza, who mm-hmm. I think is like absolutely fascinating and. He does really great work. In fact, I incorporate some of his work in what I do. And he says the same thing, you know. Love it. You do the meditation first thing in the morning or last thing at night? Ideally. ideally. Nothing's ideal, but yeah, ideally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right? ideals are goals, and those are the things mm-hmm. that ought, ought to be shot for. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Strive for. The, so the, 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 the tapes that you give to your clients, like at least supposed to listen to basically the the debrief, you want to call it that or whatever, whatever they've spoken to you, they're going to listen to it. I'm correct. Right. For like, they're listening to it. Uh, like how many days until the so, quote, hypnosis or whatever, right. whatever the, the process it's, is, you know, we say a minimum of three weeks, 21 days, yeah. but I actually find with my clients that it's kind of not enough. 
my clients who do the best are the people who listen to those recordings for months and months and months and months. And when people do that, they, and actually some people see changes really quickly and some people don't see changes until months have gone by, but the, it's like, you know, Again, it's like multiplication Repeti- tables. Repetition, repetition. Is the, mother, the mother of all learning. Exactly. There's a Latin phrase for that, but uh, my Latin is uh, is off on Mondays. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, there's a re- there's a repeti- repetitio something learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. it's like if you think about it, like I was saying, it's like programming, right? Yeah. Like if your mind and and we all were we're programmed when we're little kids, mm-hmm. and once you're programmed with a certain belief. It keeps running through your mind. It's like it's on repeat mm-hmm. for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you're 30, 40, 50, 60, however old you are, this mm-hmm. has been running on repeat for all those years. So mm-hmm. it takes time and rep- re- repetition yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To, to change it. Yeah. It's like if you have an alcohol problem, you have to go – Like it needs – they say four weeks in order to break a habit. Yeah, I think know? it's longer. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the programs are always 28 days. I know they programs. say that, but I don't, I mean, I could see how that might work if it's a really simple habit. Let's say it's flossing your teeth. Okay. But most habits are much more complex than that. I understand. Right? Yeah. Like to start a good habit to end a bad, I don't know. It's. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, the other day. It's like, it, she's like, takes a month. I'm like, what takes a month? It's like to pay off your, your mortgage? I'm like, no, it takes a month <laughs> to get over. Um, a romantic relationship. I would think it takes way longer than that. Yeah. And it depends on how long the relationship was and how significant it was to you. Yeah. And I mean, there are people who, and here's the thing. It's like people say time heals all wounds. Time does not heal all wounds. Like what, you know, it might, um, it might do certain things. Like maybe you moved on, but like, is the wound really healed or are you just going to a new relationship and repeating the same thing? That's what happens a lot of times. Yeah. And there are people who stay stuck in that stuff for years and years and years and years. Um, so it's like you got to learn how to not um, incur the same wound again. Well, it's not so much incurring the same wound. It's like once you have the wound – it keeps showing up in your life over and over and over and over again. And usually it's traceable back to very early childhood. So unless you do something to actively work on it, it keeps showing up. Mm-hmm. It's like same, like same issue, different face. Mm-hmm. But other than that, aside from that, it's yeah. usually the yeah. same thing. So it's like you got to work on self. Yeah, you really do. You have to be, you really se- you have to be self-aware. You have to be self-aware. Incredibly but, self-aware. But it's more than just awareness, I found. And this is why, like, I think I talked about this in a post, like, yesterday or maybe today, that a lot of times people will go to therapy and not see progress. Um, and because sometimes therapy is great, but a lot of times therapy is about just awareness. And I see people all the time who are very aware of their issues, right? Like, oh, I'm love avoidant or I'm love – I'm anxious or what love – love addicted and anxious and all this stuff. Um, yet they don't see any change because awareness alone isn't enough. You have to actually, you have to actually get in there and change those beliefs because without this, and this is almost, it's not a direct Joe Dispenza quote, but 
I'll give him credit for it because he talks about it all the time. He says, like, if you wake up in the morning and you're thinking the same thoughts, you're feeling the same feelings, you're doing the same things every single day, you can't possibly expect to see a change in your life. The only way to see a change in your life is to change the thoughts, the feelings, the actions. And what usually happens is people try to change their actions without changing their thoughts and their feelings, and then it's almost impossible. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it yeah. definitely does. Um, the the philosophy behind it, the thinking behind it, needs to be changed. The brain needs to be changed. Yep, in order, exactly. In order to for, for in order for lasting, you have to. You, if your head doesn't buy in, then your actions won't follow through. Never. You know what I'm saying? Never. If you're shooting a free throw or whatever, and you're, I was like, I'm not gonna make it, and you're not gonna make it. Nope. You know, you no got matter how many times you practice, right? That's right. In order for physical or like, like the actions that are manifested in your life to act out how you would like them to. Exactly. And, you know? you know, you mentioned the sports component. So I don't know if you've heard of this concept of mental rehearsal. Mm-hmm. That's used in sports a lot. And there have been numerous studies that have shown like people who I don't I, I don't remember specific studies, but they visualize themselves doing a certain action like, you know, <laughs> don't even know the right sports terms but hitting the golf ball or or getting the ball through the hoop or whatever and they're visualizing it and the the success these people have um equal to or even beyond the people have actually practiced the task it's it's huh yeah so it's this concept of mental rehearsal so just like that i mean and so this is where like sports um psychology has like had this sort of um What's the word I'm looking for? Interweaving or effect or yeah, uh, benefit it. You know the the world of coaching and psychology yeah. generally. It's you well, know people uh, see how effective that is, and that applies to any area of your life. I mean, so. coaching and and teaching is like one of the most like elusive things. You know, just like it's all relation. <laughs> Excuse me, it's, it's that's strong relationship area, right? It's it's like. Mm-hmm. How do you judge if someone's a really good teacher or coach? I guess it's like, all right, let's look at the record. That's not fair. Let's look at the let's look at the grades the kids get. The kid gets in the seventh grade. Well, that's not fair. You can give them all nineties. You know, <laughs> it's just like that's why I think it's going to be battered around and t- for like eternity as to like how do we make sure that um, it's a, it's a good pr- uh, teacher or a good. I mean, the coach is like you know. Sometimes that comes down to it depends on the the grade level or the the age level. Coaching comes down to money, you know, college and pro. You know, you got you got to be have a good record or we're gonna move on to somebody else. But like, oh, but I'm I'm cultivating human beings as they should primarily. And the ancillary is like a good record, but. It doesn't carry the day when it's like, you know, we got to put butts in the seats and we got tickets to sell and all that jazz, you know? <laughs> but it's just like, yeah. it's the hardest thing to figure out. I mean, why is education like always like up there, top three sort of like talking points for like, pre- like pre- uh, all political sort of things, like elections and like um, issues that I got to figure out what more funding, less funding with these teachers, not these teachers, like pension, no pension, like it's hard. So are you asking or is that? Like no, no, no. I was trying rhetorical. to, I was trying to <laughs> rhetorical. I was trying to relate it to how complicated, yeah. how complicated, like, like love is like, like relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no metric for it. There's no metric for education, you know, test scores. 
okay, fine. But like, how about like when I like the, the kid like's walking down the hallway and you like help pick him, help help him pick up his books or something? You know, it's like, is that not good education? You know what I'm saying? It's like, is it just is it just matriculation? You got to get to eighth grade. You know, the metric. There's not a metric because it's a heart. It's all hard. Yeah, I have no idea how you would measure that, honestly. It's, how, it's how very, you, very hard to evaluate. How would you? How would you? Can't. But I can. But I can see why it's such an issue because at the end of the day, people you want metrics. That's yes, how we're wired well, now. Pe- people want to measure. Want to measure stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, we realize that at the end of the day, we all we have to go back to, you know, the the. Um, the what's what do I want to call it? I mean, if I were talking about my work, I'd talk about the root cause of something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, why are people the way they are, and where does it begin? Yeah. So people are probably looking at education, like, where do these issues with kids begin? It begins when they're young. So yeah. let's look yeah. at education as a way of affecting them going forward. Yeah. And of course, everybody really knows it goes back to parenting, parenting more than anything. Parenting is everything. But we we can't. How do you affect parenting? That's much harder than affecting maybe what goes on at schools. I don't know. It's, no, no, you're 100 correct. I think it's it's funny. It's like a, I think I had this conversation maybe on the last podcast, uh, but like I mean, ever some people are called to be doctors, some people are called to be lawyers, some people are called to be professional athletes, some people are called to be relationship therapists or whatever. You know, coaches. Coaches. <laughs> <laughs> I like coaching. Um, but it's like some people are called to be to drive nails and make make things with their hands. You know, oh, that's your calling. But I guess everyone's called to be a parent. Maybe everyone's called to like um, have children and then like rear them and, and bring them up to be um, successful members of society, doing it the right way. Maybe, maybe not. You know what I'm saying? Maybe on maybe on a spectrum. You know, there are. What I'm saying is that like sometimes. Your skill set, right? Is it aligned with parenting? Sometimes it's not. You know? There might be a biological drive to have children, but Correct. I don't think that necessarily means everybody needs to be a parent. Correct. True. So therein lies a little bit of a rub. Um, mm-hmm. um, and that, like, everyone ha- I- I- do anything you want. Everyone's got their, their own own right and freedom to do anything you want to do. Um, but having having kids is like a large should be a large um, a buy-in, you know, and be sure that this is like you have that capacity to do it because you're like you know playing with life little tiny life and future and uh if you're not all in then <laughs> then it, it creates more a lot of problems listen it's a tough one and even yeah. when you are you do have the best intentions you know one thing i've seen with my my work and i do these sessions with people <clears throat> people's issues issues in quotation marks always go back to their childhood and it's usually a parent, you know, but I can say that like, even when you have the best intentions and even when you're the best parent you can possibly be, nobody's perfect. So inevitably there's going to be something along the way you do to screw up your kids. Mm -hmm. It's just how it is. 
And even if you didn't intend to script the kids, it's it's the way that they. I, this has been such a valuable thing I learned. It's about how the kid interprets what yeah. happened yeah. more than what actually happened. Correct. That's what matters. So how do you how do you how do you uh, do a better job of that? I guess from as, a parent. As a parent, yeah. That might not be your total wheelhouse. No, not really, but I am a parent. <laughs> <laughs> you're a parent because you're sitting right there. I'm a parent. You're a parent like me. I can see you. And you're, and you're a parent. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. No, yeah. I really don't know the answer to that. I mean, I I can say as a parent, I know I did my best. Mm-hmm. or I'm still doing my best. My kids mm-hmm. are teenagers now. so. Um, but I know I messed stuff up. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think the best you can do, I, I truly believe – not for everybody, and this is not a popular opinion. I truly believe that most people are doing the best they can, really do. And but you can only do what you can do from like the level you're at at any given moment. Mm-hmm. So th- I think the best thing you can do as a parent is do your own work. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> all you can do is the best you can, but you know, um. I've uh, really tried to learn the piano and I can't do it. <laughs> I'm, yeah, being, I'm, right? I'm, being, I'm being cynical. I'm being cynical. You know? Yeah. I think having kids is, an, uh, is an, uh, one of the ultimate blessings in life, you know? And all you can do, all you can do literally is the the best you can. You know what I'm saying? You can do the best you can. That's all and, you can do. And and when and but, you know, I think the key is when when things aren't going well to have the courage. It. Yeah, have the courage to admit it and reach out and get help. Yeah. And fortunately, today we do have resources that like our parents didn't have. Mm-hmm. You know, like my parents' generation didn't even talk about stuff. And now I say like, I'm part of the Oprah generation. Like, so are you. Like, we're used to talking about issues now, and that's a g- considered a good thing to do. So healthy. Right. It's so healthy, but, like, that's not how our parents and grandparents were Mm-mm. raised. No way. Right? Talk, like- I mean, for right or for wrong, I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, my, uh, just let it be this. Um, one of my parents' uh, friends say that. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not feeling that well. I think I'm depressed. Um, it's about 10 years ago. He's like, I'm just going to snap out of it. I'm just got to snap out of it. I'm like, fine. Not wrong. You're not wrong. But like, how do I, how do I do that? You know, it's, I, I, it's very, very hard for someone else to be in. It's, it's impossible. Be in somebody else's head such that like, that's all you got to do. You know, um, that's what I think what you said earlier which is a beautiful sentiment um, is that like I coach, <laughs> I don't instruct, right. you know, I don't tell I want. And I, and I go back to like, it's the most, it's the best form of learning. Nobody wants to be told what to do, especially adults. No, it's just a guide in a way such that like you can, they'll stumble upon understanding, you know? And then they're like, I did this on my own. This person helped me a little bit, but like, man, you know, more like ownership or more, um, yeah, more realness or something. Connected more to the absolutely. Soul, you know, no people don't want to be told what to do, and even when they think they want to be told what to do, they don't do it anyway, and then they resent you for telling them. So yeah, it just doesn't no, work. No, no, it doesn't work. And the other thing is like, 
nobody ultimately knows what's best for anybody else. I really believe that. No. That's why you got to be a good listener. The word I was looking for earlier was empowering. You empower somebody yeah. by letting them figure out their own personal truth. Yep. You know, just hear, just talk. <laughs> I'll listen. Just sometimes just the act of like talking. As you know, like, I just have to vent. You know what I'm saying? I just got to talk it out. And there's like, yeah, and some the other person doesn't have to say much. And sometimes that's a great thing. And sometimes, so what I'm doing, what I'm doing now, you know, I told you this conscious uncoupling thing has like a specific methodology. Mm-hmm. So what's really different from what I do um, is, as opposed to, you know, if you've ever been to a therapist, usually what happens is you talk and talk and talk and talk. You're getting it off your chest. And some therapists, I've been to them myself, are just kind of nodding. And that's how they've been taught. As opposed to the way I've been taught to do it is more, um, I will guide people more than that. So as opposed to just listening, um, I'm helping people like reframe their their beliefs and I'm helping them yeah. look at themselves in a way that might sometimes be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's the conscious uncoupling, correct? Right. Yeah. I mean, and I do that and I do that with the coaching I'm already doing or mm-hmm. I did before, but specifically with the conscious uncoupling, the way it's been designed is to help people mm-hmm. step out of that mode of feeling like a victim. Yeah. No matter what happened to them and to turn it around and kind of Look at themselves. The, the decision, the decisions, like I said earlier, the decisions, the decision, sorry, um, has already been made. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, all right, how do you, how do you get out of like perhaps a dark or hard place and be able to look at yourself better and proceed forward to the light? Yeah. And, you know, and, and this is a hard thing for a lot of people, but the truth is the way to get out of that dark place is a lot of times by using those those really tough emotions that are there, the hurt, the anger, whatever, mm-hmm. kind of as a fuel mm-hmm. to to give the um, to give you um, what's the word? Um, basically, to em- yeah. to empower people, yeah. yeah, and to give a motivation that I'm not going to let this happen again. Yeah. And the yeah, way yeah, yeah. and the way you avoid things <laughs> happening again is by understanding that actually you have you have the power to make changes, yeah. right? Yeah. But if you feel like a victim and you're just blaming the other person for everything that happened, you can't possibly do that. The only way to actually make changes going forward is to see the part that you played in it, which mm-hmm. can be tough, especially mm-hmm. when you're the one who feels like you've been wronged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make it's, sense? It's, it, yeah, yeah. yeah, it does. So that any sort of like breakup or, or any relationship, there are two people involved in the thing. That's what it's called a relationship. And it's, it's by the way, it's like the smallest, like in the original, like, an ancient Greek term is politic. It's the smallest politic ever. It's just like mm-hmm. a, a husband or wife or girlfriend, boyfriend. They like mm-hmm. you create the, the sm- little society. You mm-hmm. create a little society. Put the towels back on the towel rack. You know, like <laughs> it's like how do we go about negotiating those sort of like um, different sort of points of view? Um, but like you, what you just said, it's like if that politic decides to go other ways. Neither of them are perfect. Nobody's perfect. Right. Um, therefore, if you even if you feel like you've been wronged, there's there's some accountability. There's or like you, you keep saying this. It's like what I, I get it. I got broken up with. It's easy to say just on, on like a podcast because I did not. 
but it, and, you, and you cry and it's very emotional, but like at some point, turn your eyes back on you. Always. You know? Always. I mean, and usually the people who would come to me, okay, so it, it's actually a little bit of a different client. Like the person who comes to me, should I stay or should I go, is the person who is thinking of leaving, right? Whereas the person who would come to me for, you know, what we call conscious uncoupling is usually the person that's reeling because they've been dumped. Yeah. And so, but regardless, and, and people often get stuck in this kind of blame game. This person left me. They're a narcissist or they're just a jerk or whatever. Um, and it can look that way. And a lot of times people have been wronged, right? Maybe they've yeah. been cheated on. Maybe yeah. they, you know, who knows? <clears throat> but regardless, if they're always looking at the other person as the one who's in the wrong mm -hmm. and they never turn around and look at themselves, mm -hmm. then, then they still they stay completely disempowered. The power really comes when you realize, like, how did I play into this? Because then you realize actually a power to do something different in the future. Yeah. And it might only be 3%. Yeah. Like it, maybe it's only like, well, I, I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't speak up. Yeah. You know, it yeah. could be something as simple yeah. as that. Yeah. There's a, there's a nugget of improvement and a nugget of truth. There's like, you know, and everything. Um, to think that your ex was like a, a serial, I don't know. That's an extreme example. Like serial killers that just kill randomly. Like you're not going to get, I mean, maybe, maybe there are these serial narcissists. I mean, that might be a term. Yeah. But like, yeah, you got to look at, so yourself, like, why am I attracted to these sort of exactly. people? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why am I attracted to these people? And why, like, they didn't, why? They didn't force me into the relationship. Right. Why? You had to consent to And an why am I staying with this person? Yeah, 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 yeah. When they've yeah. shown me, okay, maybe I went into an I didn't yeah. see. But yeah. once I did see, why, what is it about me that enabled me to stay in this situation that was so there's the, uh, depleting? There's that quote um, <clears throat> that George Bush botched. Um, oh. but it's like, <laughs> fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Oh. oh, fool me, fool me once, shame. I just bought you. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Was that George Bush? No, I mean, no, no, no. It was somebody <laughs> b before that, but he was like, well, fool, uh. fool, 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 fool me once, shame on you. Uh, fool me again and, uh, you're not going to fool me again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, first time it's like. Shame on you. Second time's like, shame on me. Totally. Like, you know. You know, I've never seen anybody do that thing with the Old fingers. School. My babysitter used to do that when I was a kid. Yeah, and I haven't yeah. seen anybody do that ever since. I don't know what it means. It's like, what does that mean? Yes. You're it's, whittling a stick or I know. Shame, shame, shame. She, like you're She used to literally right say finger. She used to you literally say, For shame, for shame. Mm -hmm. You should be so ashamed of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's an old school term, shame on you. It's you know very saying? old school. Nowadays, shame isn't isn't a, like socially it's acceptable on, it's, it's anymore. On road to get it's banned. not PC to be shame. That's the worst ever. Mm -mm. It is Golly. the worst. It is. You gotta be able to speak freely. Like, if you can't take certain words, I'm like, maybe go to therapy <laughs> instead of blaming the other person. You know, uh, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not trying to condone to be that, that what it, that which it is to be mean. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. But there's certain there, if you keep going on the path of like can't use this word, can't use this word, can't use this word, it's like what's language is important to like 
a vehicle to get to truth, you know? Language slip, is very slip, important. Slippery, slippery slope. Language is very important. And, you know, back to the, you know, the recording thing I do that you mentioned, uh, yeah. the language I use in those recordings is incredibly important. And yeah. that's what, you know, that's one thing I learned in this training. So. Yeah. Language, La- lang- language meaning the words that you use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important that you know what that word means to someone else. Yeah. Because what it means to you and means to me, it could be totally different things. Well, that's where like the relationship comes in of, of you and your, and your client, right? Yeah. You know, right. every, everything that you put on this record, how long the recordings last? You think? About Typically. 20 minutes. Cool. And it's like a compilation of different ideas and <clears throat> affirmations, right? Kind of, yeah. But the difference between this recording and a typical affirmation is because, so at the beginning of this recording, I'm I'm doing what you call an induction. So that's what helps you go from that beta brainwave state I was talking about to mm-hmm. the alpha. Mm-hmm. So you're more in this more relaxed state. Mm-hmm. And so then once you're in the relaxed state, this is when I'm giving you the new beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so it's different from an affirmation because when you're an affirmation, you're just saying it when when you're awake, yeah. and it might sound like a lie. That's like the uh, the the um, hypnotic piece of it. It's the hypnotic piece of it exactly. Gotta, and so it's yeah. also important that when I'm making this recording, I'm giving the client back their own words. So before a session, I'll say to them, "Well, right now you're struggling with this. What is it you actually want? Like, what would you want to believe?" Like, so maybe for a client who's struggling with relationships, maybe they want to believe, you know what, I want to believe that even if someone rejects me, that I'm okay. Mm -hmm. No matter what someone else says about me, it doesn't affect the way I feel about myself. I mean, people, and you know, I get all kinds of statements from people. So I kind of like, like weave these all together into a recording and put them together in a certain way so that it's like meaningful to the client. You're a good listener. I am. I don't know. Are you? (laughs) <laughs> oh, you, oh, you have to be. But, I was like, yeah, but I thought maybe you were re- you were responding to something you said earlier or something. I, mean, you, I think I think you are. Um, and I think in order to understand people, you have to have you have to be a good listener. And I think I think listening is hugely tied to empathy. Um, oh yeah, and like to hear to hear to listen and to hear. You know what's being said. It's hugely important. In fact, it was the first skill I learned when I did my first coaching course is how to listen to somebody. Because Mm -hmm. usually we are listening in order to come up with a response Mm -hmm. as opposed to really being able to take in what somebody Mm -hmm. says. Mm -hmm. Totally different thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's why sometimes in conversation um, you have to be cool enough with who you are, comfortable enough in your skin to be like, a couple seconds of silence isn't bad. <laughs> it's almost necessary. And it can feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But get in, beyond it. In coaching, actually, that's one of the skills I had to learn is how to just sit there in silence and because we typically want to fill it up. Um, but a lot of times, um, particular. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, typically, a lot of times when I ask people a question and they're silent. I still sometimes will feel uncomfortable, yeah, but I, I find if, I find that if I sit there long enough, then they will come up with a good answer. It's funny, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's funny that um, I think professionally, I think you're in your profession. That's that's it's it's easier to do it when you're in, when you're in coaching. 
you know, or therapy. I have a therapist. Like, is like, I'm gonna sit here for like, you know, maybe ten seconds. You know, it's my my time and my money. But or like, it's just like this is understood. What's um, this is what we do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is a safe space. You could like do a handstand or like, you know, take off your shirt if you want. It's like, it's fine. It's a safe space. <laughs> but like in everyday conversations, perhaps it's more difficult, you know? A lot more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. We need more of those pauses. Pause. <laughs> For effect. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Where were we? I don't know. I'm pausing. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Um, I don't know. What, what were we talking about? I don't have to talk about anything more if you don't want to. Um, I think this is good. <laughs> I think so. You know what? This pause turned into, okay, I think we're done. No, we're not done yet. We're not done? Okay. <laughs> Unless you want to okay. be. Um, okay. What is the secret to love and happiness? Can you do that in a sentence or something? I, I'm, I'm pausing. You right? Pause I'm letting that percolate for a moment. Mm-hmm. What's the secret to love and happiness? Or, yeah, you know, just successful relationships or... Whatever it might be. I have my theory. Well You're the you're the, the, the pro coach. I, I mean I'm just an there, am- there amateur t- coach. There are two ways I could I could answer that question. One is through the more like practical way, and one's through the more like woo-woo spiritual way. Yeah. So I really do think that everything always comes back to you. When I say you, I mean the individual, right? Like, so, and, and this is what my, my hypnotherapy sessions with people always end up being right. So people come to me about their relationships, right? But if your relationship with someone else is struggling, it's because the way you believe and the way you feel about yourself is struggling. So it always comes back to you, to how you feel about yourself, if you accept yourself, love yourself, value yourself, whatever. Yeah. And and what do I think that's related to? Now, this is a new kind of thing for me, and I actually have shied away from saying it, like on my social media or whatever, but I actually do believe this. I think that in order to fully accept, love, appreciate, value yourself, whatever, there needs to be some kind of connection with, I don't care what you call it, the universe, nature, God, spirit your soul, whatever. Higher than the individual. Yeah. I think, I think it needs to come down to that because without that, what ends up happening is you end up trying to rely on another person to fulfill you. But ultimately another person can never fulfill all your your needs. And that's not to say, by the way, that we don't need other people because I think we do like we're human beings. And uh, I've actually been doing a lot of reading on this. Mm -hmm. Human beings are wired for connection. Like we actually do need, need other people, I know. I know. but at the same time, we can't rely on other people for everything because people are hu- like, we're human beings. We inevitably let each other down. Mm-hmm. So without having like a foundation, we're, we're doomed. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. 
having a foundation, which would mean people, correct? Infrastructure of people around you. I No, I mean deeper than that. I mean a foundation of like connection with, you can call it something greater than yourself. Or like your own... Belief system. Your own, not just, no, not even a belief system, but like, um, because a belief system can just be something you think with your head. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be deeper than that. Like, well, belief means belief usually means that which cannot be proven. You know. Okay. Like, a, I mean, I, I believe in this. Well, how, I, mean, I, don't, I just okay. I feel okay. like my heart. Right. It depends on what you mean. Like, yeah. like it. I think it's a difference between the word no. Like, you can know something intellectually, mm-hmm. but not really believe it. Know yeah, it feel in your down. gut or your heart. Yes, it's something you feel in your gut, your heart, whatever. I mean, and look like. For, I grew up in this small town, really religious, all this stuff. And I gave that all up when I got mm-hmm. older because I just couldn't believe that the way I was yeah. taught anymore. Yeah. Um. So I, w- I didn't have any of that for like 20 years. And so now the way I view the whole thing is so completely different from the way I grew up, but mm-hmm. it's much deeper. Like I mm-hmm. just, I think that. It's not about religion. I think it's about having a connection to something that's beyond you. Whatever you want to call that. Yeah. I don't care what you call it. Leaving something outside of you. I mean, that's like one of the keys for AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Admit a higher power. Yeah. And I think without that, like, we ultimately all feel unsafe, unsteady, insecure, um, and then yeah. we're trying to rely on things outside of ourselves, like whether it's alcohol or another person. Like you can get addicted yeah. to anything. Yeah. And why do we get addicted to stuff? Because ultimately we don't feel okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like now you have to be uh the man in the mirror, you know? Like the Michael Jackson song. <laughs> or the poem, you know. It's like you gotta be cool with that person, you know. Yep. Or and- it ain't gonna be cool with the people that you that you uh, you in relationships with most importantly the people that you're in like the most intimate relationships with mm-hmm. the idea of intimacy like the definition of it or whatever is just like going deep mm-hmm. exposure mm-hmm. you know i'm not talking about like watching football on sunday like i did yesterday with a bunch of dudes <laughs> talking about like the how the redskins are they're they gonna win the next game i'm like it's like tough stuff you know it relationships is. And-, and you know what? Like, uh, I've seen this a lot. People aren't able to be that transparent and vulnerable with another person unless ultimately they feel okay with themselves. 100 million, 100 million percent. They're not. How do you get comfortable with yourself then? How? Yeah. I mean, you bring up, let me, if you don't mind, uh, you bring up uh, earlier, like, parent, your, your, how you grew up, mm-hmm. right? Mm hmm. That plays uh, how, into how, it. how you were raised. That plays you into you it. brought that up a couple times. I don't mm-hmm. know if you want to like, I don't know, speak about more about that. Or I mean, like, well, how, how do you, how do you good? How are you? Earlier we, we we talked about like our fault. Is everyone meant to be a parent? You know what I'm saying? Okay. Well, yeah, I think there's several different questions you're asking. Like, how do you get to be okay with yourself? Well, I mean, in an ideal world, right? You're parented in a certain way by parents who are fully self-loving and therefore they're able to love you unconditionally and not place demands on you like, oh, if you don't get to go to a certain school or perform in a certain way, then we don't approve of you, right? Like, Mm -hmm. 
ideally we'd have parents who were all 100% unconditionally loving and supportive, but we don't live in a perfect world and nobody's perfect. And even when parents try to, I tried to be a perfect mother and I couldn't Maybe do that. No, <laughs> no, no, there's no, no, there's ask no my kids. Thing. I definitely right. wasn't. And in no, fact, no I think thing is perfection. I think the more people try to be perfect, honestly, the more unhappy they are. So that's yeah. not the answer. So at the end of the day, everybody at some point, if you want to be a happy, fulfilled person, has to realize it's up to you. Yeah. Nobody else. Yeah. You can't outsource that. Yeah. So what do you do? I mean, a lot of people would say you go, I think therapy can be useful. I'm a big believer in the kind of work I do that mm -hmm. enables people to actually change those fundamental beliefs and feelings. Like I said, like if your fundamental belief is and actually Everybody has this belief on some level that they're just not enough. Mm -hmm. And that's why people run around trying to prove themselves all the time. So until you can embrace that belief and the feelings that go with it, it's kind of hard. So basically like embracing your imperfection. Yeah. I mean, and I think honestly, that's why I'm such a huge fan of the work I do because it's all about that at the end of the day, mm -hmm. like helping people realize like, and this goes into basically every recording I ever do is that you don't have to prove yourself to yourself or other people or whatever. And, and actually people think that like in order to improve themselves, they have to kind of beat themselves up mentally, yeah. but it's the opposite. It's like, once you really do accept yourself and all your perfections and everything, then you have the, the juice to do wonderful, amazing things. Mm-hmm. And, and you're much more able to do it. I think that's right. That's how I say it. Yeah. It's uh, being uh, be, like being self-aware is huge um, to, to, to know thyself. Yep. Yep. And understand like, all right, this is what I might be good at. This might what I might need, uh, might be not necessarily adequate enough or whatever. And maybe I'd like to improve in this area um, and then take the steps to do it. Well, that's true. And I think it goes a little deeper than that. There, so I heard, um, this was years ago, I saw these YouTube videos by this woman named Pia Melody. Mm -hmm. And she talked about the difference between, I can't remember what she called it. The words don't matter. Like, what's true self-esteem, basically? Mm -hmm. And she was saying how everybody has areas of strength and weakness, right? Mm -hmm. But when you when you value yourself based on what I'm good at or comparing yourself to another person, then it's like your self-worth or your self-value is wobbly. Mm -hmm. It always is like in comparison to someone else. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe that guy's a better basketball player than I am, but I'm, you know, I better look better than he does. Needling. Or whatever, whatever, yeah. right? Like we all have our strengths and weaknesses. So her whole point is, and I've really come to since then really understand this on a deeper level that like your self-worth, your self-value, respect can't have anything to do with actually what you do. It has to just be with it's inherent because you're on the planet uh -huh. and people don't like that because we've been taught our whole lives. Like you have to earn your, sh your worth Yeah, that we all, we all go around thinking we have to prove ourselves. To I mean, each just other. like, I, I have this idea. It's called the gene. I think everyone's a genius in their own way. Mm -hmm. They have a genius quality. So it's just like identifying what God gave you. That's really, you're really, really good at. And just like, if you want, I mean, well, I think you would want to, because it feels good to be good at something. Um, just go with the talent that 
you know, God sort of gave you identifying is maybe the hardest thing to do. Um, but like, like you said, like, man, I can't dribble a basketball. Well, maybe I could kick a soccer ball. Like, Whoa, that's just good to know. It's just like to know the things that you'd like to pursue in life. Um, such that if you do that, um, you'd be good at them and you'd be happy. Well, and I think that people who have that fundamental, you know, that foundation I was talking about of mm. feeling like they're okay and they're worthy no matter what, mm. even if you suck at most things, <laughs> those people are so much more likely to excel mm-hmm. at, at their, anything, at, at anything. At their, yeah, at, 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 yeah, I agree. And the thing they're really good at, I mean... And the things that we love and we're good at tend to be the best way we can contribute to the world. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, unfortunately, are trying to force ourselves into someone else's Mm-mm. mold. Mm-mm. Right? No. You got to strip down the layers, man. Yeah. Try to identify what's really in your heart. Yeah. Not the the expectations or the people around you or whatever it might be. Hey, everyone... That it all can help to an extent, but to be able to differentiate, differentiate, or just use it just as as an aid, not as a means to truth, to figure out what is really in there. You know, you're not gonna like, you're not gonna, like you said earlier, you're not gonna go live on an island by yourself. People, we need people in our mm-hmm. lives. And you just filter in, you filter out what you what you think you should filter in and out to allow you to figure out this person is right or what i'm doing is right or i'm at is right or you know and it, and it, it's almost impossible or maybe actually impossible right. to filter that stuff out as long as you're so busy listening to what everybody around you is saying correct right correct you Import- should be this you should do that blah 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 and uh we can wrap in a minute um or 50 no, i'm kidding mm-hmm. um but like the just sometimes just the talking is really freaking important the getting it out of your head whether it's writing with a pen or writing a computer talking on the phone talking to somebody in person it's just like get it out of the echo chamber it can be it can be you and know? then and then a lot of times like one of those like listening step. skills you learn too is that skill of like reflecting what someone said mm-hmm. because when someone hears it their own words coming out of someone else's mouth then yeah. they can yeah. like that's the thing that you do it's like you can't disagree with my recording because everything i put in my recording are your own ideas <laughs> that's right <laughs> exactly yeah. that you exactly people yeah exactly it's cool as can be it's very cool and then people are like this recording's so awesome and i'm like that's because these were your exact why words. do i somehow agree with everything that you, <laughs> did you, you because you said it <laughs> yeah, exactly it's it they're your own words i mean and i might embellish it or put in some extra adverbs or whatever but you, you do uh that's about it that's where the art comes in you know that's about it. So I view my job as like, I just said this to a client a couple of days ago. Like I, I said first, my job isn't something. I think I said my job isn't to tell you what you want. My job is to help you get what you want. I, I, I love that idea. That's what I, I feel like. That's got, what my I job got, is. I got my master's at uh, St. John's college in uh, Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. And the teachers there are called tutors, not teachers. Oh. They just, they, you read the classics, and it's like all conversation based. 
learning. So I said, you sit around a table of like 10, 12 people and you're going to read Plato or Aristotle or Tolstoy or uh, uh, Cervantes or whatever. And it's just like, no, we're not going to give a lecture on what it's about. We want you to figure it out on your own. We just want to help you. you Such know? a better way to learn, help guide, right? guide you there. Oh, my God. Yeah, because otherwise what Total. you're taking – this is how – I mean, this is how most of my – education yeah. in quotation marks was yeah, take you take notes, notes and you memorize them and spit, take spit them out for a multiple test. choice test like yeah this is the essay i know i'm gonna have to write and like it's bullshit you're gonna spit it back out it's bullshit it's mm. not there's no way to grow not at all hey right i think michael jackson's not very popular anymore it's the message, the, con- <laughs> the context. It's the whole theme, right? It is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it's mirror, perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. You're perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Thank right, you. We're wrapping it. Adele Curran, um, your new sort of venture is going to go live in January. Yes. Right? So if you want to... I want some help with some conscious uncoupling. Yeah. You know, find her. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, she's only one woman and she can only do, like, you know, as much as she does, which is a lot. But, like, get in, take a number. That's right. Yeah. Why not? Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's, it's been, been fun. It's been such a pleasure. What you just heard was a pillar of community. What lights your fire? What gets you out of bed? What speaks in your heart? These are the questions of pillars. And it is these pillars who have the answers. Pillars live these personal truths with with hearts on fire every day and with everything they do. And this is why they stand pillars of community. In fuego, Billy Garish. Pillars of Community Podcast Production 2021. Be a pillar.